Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And uh, this week I have brought some materials that we received in the mail a couple of days ago. Uh, mail-out advertising. Let's just begin with our thoughts on, on mail-outs. I believe I've spoke to these before. Uh, whether um, you're a candidate I like or don't like, they go straight in the garbage at my house. They mm-hmm. are a uh, waste. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, fir- first of all, they've always been a waste, but now that it's 2020 and we have the digital age, I mean, come on, guys. Who are you getting? Mm-hmm. These were my first from the Senate, uh, by the way. I don't know if you've gotten any, I, but these were my first from the Senate race. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the, the filter at my house is pretty hardcore, so I'm afraid if Ashley gets the mail before me, she just dumps <laughs> she just them, them because away. I dump them and she knows my policy on them. Yeah. But my brother did send me a picture of one of these you have here and I know he got that one so I assume I got mm-hmm. it because I voted I've voted in both parties primaries pretty consistently As have we probably more Republican primaries of late because most of we our local no elections are yeah um, so I get them both I get mm-hmm. both parties they they both think they have me and neither mm-hmm. one of them have me yeah mm-hmm. so we got the same day a Tommy Tupperville mail out and a Doug Jones mail out um, I would argue that neither one of these are for me um, when these ads were put together. I have some reasoning, so we can go over that. Uh, let's discuss Tommy's first. So you get hey, no, it out of the mailbox. This is from a pack, isn't it? It's, it's from a from pack, him. an Arizona-based pack, Hunter Action Fund. Uh huh. Which it almost sounds like a person, Hunter Action, but it's not. It's but a, Hunter Biden's emails. Mm-hmm. Wait, we're not doing that yet. No, yeah, we're not doing that yet. Okay. Let's stick a pin in that one. So it's just <laughs> a, a father, a son. They're in their camo oh, in yeah. the back of a truck. Oh, yeah. It's it's. I mean, fall in the south. Mm-hmm. And Across the top, it says, our freedoms are under attack. Vote November 3rd. Now, at this point, it doesn't tell you how to vote. It just says, our freedoms are under attack and to vote. So one would have to assume, without going any further, father, son, and camo on back of truck, and it says, freedoms are under attack. Does this have to do with guns? It does. Okay. And I believe it came out on the first day. Didn't, like, bow season or something start last week? I'm just not a hunter. I'm See, afraid I'm not we're not, at, which is my first point yeah. of why it's not for us. But All I right. believe last week started an important hunting season perhaps of right. the bow variety right. so it came out seemed to come out on that time now on the back is where we get tommy tupperville he's the only choice for hunters and gun owners nice little picture of him with a gun on his uh shoulder mm-hmm. there yeah maybe one of the uh, times we, he's held one of those yes we could trust tommy <laughs> to protect our hunting and second amendment rights now at this point it does say vote tommy uh, for U.S. Senate. Now we have on the side over here, and I look, they're just so elementary, these advertisements, which is one of the problems I have with them. So well, our freedoms are under attack. I'm automatically it, supposed to feel but like. But isn't that what they're aiming at? Mm-hmm. I mean, in most of these ads, we target lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. That's what we're I going feel insulted for. by it. Yeah. So you'll notice over here there's Tommy with a check mark in case right. you didn't get it. Yeah. And Doug Jones with a big black X Oof. just in case you didn't get the point. Oof. So why shouldn't we vote for Doug Jones? Because of guns. Because he voted against President Trump's pro-hunting and pro-gun justice for the U.S. Supreme Court. That's a stretch, but okay, I get it. He voted against confirmation of President Trump's pro-hunting Interior Secretary David Bernhardt. Hey, hold on. I want to hold back on the Supreme Court one. Um, I've seen um, Mr. Kavanaugh. He doesn't strike me as one that has been in the woods before. Mm. I, I would maybe know the a man. stretch there. I don't know like what case would would reach the Supreme Court that would take away your rights to hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious about yeah, that. I'm not too. sure where where any of the justices stand on on deer hunting. hunters versus uh, guns. Mm-hmm. What what are we? Who, what case would make it that would have anything to do with hunting? 
Well, I think points three and four. So has publicly supported age restrictions on firearms purchases, which would take away Second Amendment rights from many young hunters and law-abiding adults, including veterans. Age restrictions on purchasing guns? Mm -hmm. Don't we already have that? Uh, We do. Uh, The main thing is that he wanted to increase the age for, um, I believe it was semi-automatic weapons. I have that in this material over here okay. from 18 to 21. So you can't buy a pistol. Okay. You can't buy a pistol until you're at least 21, I believe, is current gun law. I don't and know that you need no this. one has mm-hmm. no one has challenged, has challenged that. I'll look at it here in a second. But yes, age restrictions on firearm purchases and supports a waiting period on firearm purchases by law-abiding Americans. These are the reasons we shouldn't vote for Doug Jones. But isn't the waiting period to see if they are law-abiding Americans? Mm-hmm. And then the point of the waiting period? I think. I'm going to show a lot of ignorance here because this is just really not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose of a waiting period is kind of a uh, twofold, I've always thought. One's background check, make sure we're mm-hmm. all clear. And two was uh, almost like what they would consider a cool down period, mm-hmm. you know, in case you're in some type of fit of rage and you're mm-hmm. needing to buy a gun. But mm-hmm. then, you know, two days from now, you're not in the same fit of rage. Mm-hmm. I always thought that's what that was. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for good law-abiding hunters, I don't. Do you go by the store and buy a gun and then head to the woods? I don't really think that's how that works. I think most of these guys are stocked up and ready to go, and um, it's kind of a planned event. Mm-hmm. So I don't really buy into waiting period. The one that I would give you is anytime they're changing ages. I think uh, if you're talking like 18 to 21, mm-hmm. I've always been. Um, I've always had a hard time with we we phase you into adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, and, and it's an adage you hear a lot. We can go die for our country at 18, right. but you can't buy the beer till 21. I've always had trouble with, hey, can we just pin down what age it is you're an adult? And at that age, you can rent a hotel room and a car, and you can serve in the military and buy beer and uh, a gun or whatever. I would argue Whatever comes with being an adult, can you we and just I have are that in age? our mid-30s and have been allowed there. to make some decisions that we should have <laughs> never been allowed to make. Heck, they elected me at 25, um, and I certainly was not an adult all exactly. the way Exactly. Uh, so this is from Doug Jones' speech. Uh, we'll come back to this. Okay. But apparently, according to him, current law prohibits a firearms dealer from selling a pistol to anyone under the age of 21. That's okay. been the law for many years without any real challenge. The same logic behind this prohibition should apply to the sale of pistols and semi-automatic weapons to those under the age of 21. So he specifically spells out semi-automatic weapons should not be allowed to be purchased by anybody age 18. If you can't buy a pistol, you sure, certainly should not be allowed to buy a Okay, so we've got, weapon, so pistol's already covered by that's that, he says. and he's saying says no let's add semi-automatic under to Under the it. age of 21. That Which again, point. again from a, if we're talking about a second amendment right versus hunting, mm-hmm. there's two different things on the table here. I don't, I do have a lot of family that hunts. My father-in-law's a hunter, my brother-in-law, heck, my wife's uh, killed a deer. Um, Good for her. I don't think they take semi-automatics out there with them, mm. typically. That doesn't seem to be the norm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one, I would argue, is not meant for uh, for our house. One, because no. the whole a misfire hunting, there. Second Amendment thing, like this just doesn't get me fired How up How much do you think way. it costs them to print that bad boy? I don't know. You know, I mean, you know they're 50 cents into um, two postage. Two points I would make. One, that um, the the pack or whatever you want to call it is based in Arizona. Yeah. So this is not paid for by the Tommy Tuberville campaign. It's mm-hmm. paid for by an outside agency. But um, they gave Doug Jones a lot of flack in the last election for how much of his money came let's, from let's talk about, outside the state. Let's talk about that because something that um, there, was a, there was a pack, uh, if I recall correctly, it was called like Highway 31 pack or something mm-hmm. like that. 
It had a real ambiguous Alabama-sounding name. They actually did not form and begin sending us materials until um, right after. So there's, you know, there's quarterly deadlines Mm -hmm. for FEC. They did not do anything or form until after the like the third quarter deadline. Mm -hmm. Basically, what they did was they formed themselves where the first finance report they would have to file would be after the election against Roy Moore. Right. And so they were able to dump a lot of advertising into the state without you knowing that it was coming from Mm -hmm. outside of the state. It was a really smart tactic in Alabama because one thing I will give my fellow Alabamians credit for is we do kind of typically thumb our nose at everybody from outside the state. Yes. Uh, And I'll give you a big, for instance, with, with even Donald Trump, when he was, uh, his party forced him into um, endorsing Luther Strange, mm-hmm. whom Alabamians knew had nothing in common right. with was not Trump. Was favorite, right. for sure. So they thumbed their nose at that. Well, then he endorsed Roy Moore, who Alabamians were like, <laughs> we've seen this guy for a mm-hmm. long time. Even the most conservative of us are kind of like, eh, no, thank you. And we thumb our nose. I've always given us credit for that. So I'm I'm curious why we're going to give Mr. Tuberville a pass here. You just got something postmarked from Arizona. Mm-hmm. This ain't none of their business. This is Alabama. This is right. ours, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that has an impact on him because this is something certainly the Jones campaign played the right way last time is to not let you see. And so while the choice of guns, uh, one, I believe the fact that it was hunting season obviously had a lot to do with it based on the theme. Also, um, I had forgotten this if I ever realized it his first speech on the floor of the Senate after being elected was on guns mm-hmm. because the um, the Parkland shooting I believe was the most recent at that yeah. point yeah. in time and everybody was kind of you know saying their saying their mark on that but if you compare his floor speech to the advertisement it is quite different, mm-hmm. obviously, because we've already mentioned these advertisements are meant to be lowest so, common denominator. So this advertisement is basically painting, Doug Jones is going to take your guns. He's going to knock hunting. on your door one day and <laughs> s- just and sweep all the guns save them. And something the I know without very much research before you get into your speech is Doug Jones is actually an avid hunter mm-hmm. um, and owns guns and has been a pretty strong pro-Second Amendment moderate Democrat on that topic for his career. So I don't know that I would have picked this fight. Mm-hmm. There's not really legitimate meat on this bone. So um, these are direct quotes from Doug Jones from his speech. And you can say, if again, if these match with the crazy-eyed liberal from over here. He <laughs> mentions that he learned to shoot from his father and grandfather. Um, he talks about he still has his father's twenty two and his grandfather's pistol. Oh, so wow. he, he has guns. Uh, apparently his youngest son, Christopher, um, was uh, big into guns and hunting and things like that. So now he considers himself an avid hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I enjoy shooting them. I like how they're made, their power, their history. I own many of them, all stored in a locked gun safe. It is, quite frankly, larger than what my wife initially approved a number of years ago. <laughs> um, and it's a bond with, between um, himself, his son, his son's friends. Yeah. Um, so he's beginning this speech that he's about to give by basically letting you know Yeah. Um, you know, I, I own a lot of own guns. Yeah. I enjoy shooting them. I'm not anti-gun. Uh, and then he goes on with some statistics about how, as a senator, he believes he has to protect citizens. So in 2016, Alabama had the second highest rate of gun deaths in the nation. I wasn't uh, I didn't know aware this. of that second statistic, highest? but that's what he said in 2016. Is that related to more of our inner city, like a, a Birmingham Mobile type Montgomery shooting? I, I would have to assume. 
assume, right? Um, you don't hear of a lot of shootings like in the suburbs, mm-hmm. really. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of cop deaths. We've That's had, true. We've That's had true. a lot of things. So, um, and now he's going back to the more moderate stance. Extreme views promote equal but opposite extreme views for those who want more gun restrictions. Instead of focusing your energy on banning certain weapons, which frankly, and as a practical matter, will not pass Congress, focus instead on efforts to keep those weapons and others out of the hands of those who would do us harm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the banning assault weapons and yeah. banning this, that, and the other. He seems uh, to be against that. He's not in favor of that mm-hmm. because he doesn't see, one, that's the thing that's actually going to pass, mm-hmm. and two, your energy would be um, better spent elsewhere. Um, he also says you cannot simply demonize the NRA. While I know these groups sometimes take what many, including me, consider extreme positions, they also represent millions of law-abiding gun owners who concern that their right to bear arms is at risk. Uh, so he talks about, you know, the cultural ownership of guns and how important that is. Uh, so he is in favor of universal background checks. Um, he's in favor of um, uh, basically penalizing um there were a lot of sheriff's departments and things talking about the background checks who just weren't who just weren't doing them. Um, I would add as a point of personal knowledge that this county was among them because when the new sheriff took over, I don't know how long ago the uh, state law was passed or the federal law that you had to um, do you know these kind of more extended background checks. Mm-hmm. Um, but our sheriff's department was not doing them for some period of time. And then they started doing them, and it started taking a lot longer. That process started taking a lot longer, and people didn't understand why. And the reason I was given was because they were doing those background checks. Uh. And I said, is this a new a new type of background check or whatever? So I looked into it, and it was several years old, and we just weren't doing it here. We were not the only sheriff's department not doing those background checks before issuing uh, pistol permits. So, um and then he mentions about, so the deal about, um, you know, the youth and whatever, about the uh, current law, you can't buy a pistol at 21 uh, or until you're 21, so you shouldn't be able to buy some automatic weapon until you're 21. So he supports raising that age from 18 to 21. Um, so, yes, Senator Jones did uh, spend his very first time on the floor as a senator speaking to the gun issue. Mm-hmm. He did not use it as an opportunity to rail against guns, to rail against gun owners. Uh, not only is he a Democrat of a heavily Republican state, and he, I assume, knew how that would fly, he also happens to be someone who just genuinely isn't that person. So, um, you know, if you do your homework, and I'm sure we can do this on the flip side too, uh, mail outs really aren't meant to educate you in case oh, no. in case you haven't no, picked no, out no, on no. that they're yet. They're meant to grip that emotional... Um, the person portrayed in the speech is very different from the person portrayed on the mail out. Mm-hmm. So if you if guns are really something that's important to you, don't take Tommy Tupperville's word for it. <laughs> do some do or, some research and or then better, make your Or better than that, don't take random folks from Arizona's word for mm-hmm. it. And then the only thing I'd say on the Doug Jones, why I say it's not meant for me either. Now, his, uh, to be clear, does not attack Tommy Tupperville in any way. The big thing is we've made history before. We can do it again. Um, his thing is encouraging in-person absentee voting, mm-hmm. so it's telling you how that process works. But I am interested in how these things come together and, and who they 
how they intend to get their point across. So you'll notice one of the the ads over or the pictures over here is uh, kind of an older uh, black lady mm -hmm. kind of raising her hands. Mm -hmm. We mention on one of the headlines down here that African-Americans helped Jones win. Specifically African-American women mm -hmm. propelled him. And then over here, the other photo we have, other than Mr. Jones himself, uh, the smaller photo is him with John Lewis. Mm -hmm. So I would argue that as much as the Hunter ad is not for me, Doug Jones' campaign also knows that a white woman from Walker County is not going to be the reason he gets reelected if he's reelected. <laughs> and, he's, and, he's and he didn't put picture. a whole lot of effort <laughs> in speaking to issues that white women of Walker County want him to speak to. So I'm very curious so. with his campaign, and obviously they need to project a, a position of strength. Uh, I think they also have to understand the stark reality that it's it's uh, it's a long uphill battle mm -hmm. for them. I'm wondering, I certainly feel, uh, what did President Trump do? Um, I mean, here in Walker County, they're like 82%. Yes. Statewide, he got about two-thirds, was it not? Mm -hmm. uh, we Easily. were up around 67 68% yes, of the vote. I think it even cracked 70 I think after uh, the practice of Mr. Trump, the he, he just he wears you out because he's just always there. He's always mm, on. A lot. I think that that can certainly make his number go down a little bit in Alabama. And it'd still be an overwhelming electoral victory here. But, I mean, maybe instead of 67, 68, we're seeing 63, 64. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that group, whether they vote for Biden or not, um, it, it, May or, vote with, for Jones. or with Jones, which could increase, you know, potentially swinging some Trump vote to Mr. Mm -hmm. Jones. Uh, but I'm also wondering, and there has to be some, some of the people that believe in the Trump presidency for for what what he is doing for them, mm -hmm. you know, with, with court appointments and um, you know repairing some of the border wall and having a real aggressive ICE enforcement things like that. But also like Doug Jones, I'm wondering like how big is that is that segment um, that would that would go into the, to, mm -hmm. to the ballot box, uh, bubble Donald Trump's name and, the, and bubble Doug Jones' name, because that, the Doug Jones campaign you has to You have to, to be looking for two very different things in leaders, though. Well, but maybe you want them in the two different spots. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe you want the brash guy like Trump in the White House, but you want uh, a maybe senator. a senator that acts like Doug Jones, you yeah. know, like an adult human being every day. So maybe there is a group there, but maybe there is. But I nonetheless, think you could fit them into a phone booth. But maybe they're out there. <laughs> There's not many. Are there even phone booths anymore? Um, but you, Doug Jones certainly knows he needs African American vote. Yes. He needs African American women specifically to really mobilize for him to be the core of his vote. But his campaign also understands we literally need people to bubble Donald Trump's name and then mine mm -hmm. because I know Donald Trump's going to win this state. Mm -hmm. So. Simple math. Right. If Donald Trump's going to get the majority of the votes and all the Donald Trump voters bubbled Tommy Tuberville's name, you lost, right? Mm -hmm. What's what's the strategy there? Because yeah. this isn't it. This little flyer is certainly no. Not this it. is very you know. Like I said, I'm reaching. It makes you reaching wonder. because. But I just like I said, I do find it interesting. You know that he's. They're being very upfront about who's going to get them elected, but it is not. It's not meant to sway you in any way. It's really just meant to tell you how to vote. To me, it makes you wonder if there's going to be right here at the lead up more of Doug Jones hunting. You mm -hmm. know, there's photos of him hunting because yeah, he hunts. Is we'll he going to kind of tip that direction? 
Um, to bring it back around, I hope there are no more uh, anybody's. God, there will be. You know how many there will mail be. outs, but there probably will be. But Don't. this, this is the first I've gotten, the first I've heard of. So basically, this is your introduction to Tommy Tupperville to Doug Jones through their mail. Let me tell you this the only, the only fortunate side effect in Walker County of having a one party system is that we're done with our county now. Mm-hmm. We did all that in the primary. There's not really any contest in the mm-hmm. general election. So you don't get those in addition to these national races. You know what tipped so. me on the mail-outs a few years ago? I've always not been a fan of them. I oh, believe it was a commission ridiculous. race. But they Photoshopped, uh, and I can't even remember now which commission race it was, but they Photoshopped one of our local people with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. It was in the era of Barack yeah. Obama on a mail-out. Well, you heard Miss Enzer say Someone in this room. Someone who had never met Barack Obama, I'm you, sure. You heard her say in this room she loved using him as her boogeyman. Yes. And I mean, it was quite so, deliberate. Yeah. If you're an idiot, you might think, oh my goodness, that's, you know, whoever it was. Oh my God. Billy remember. Luster, you know, <laughs> hugged up to Barack Obama. <laughs> but it's that. obviously Photoshop. <laughs> One, it's racist, and I don't care to call that uh, it what it is. It's is, racist it is to racist, do it. Yeah. And two, even if it wasn't, you know, even if it's a Clinton, you know, it's still ridiculous to suggest that unless, you know, they've given tons of money to this person and, you know, have sat on some committee or something, yeah. they have nothing to do with Bill Clinton or Barack well, Obama. So your, being able to Photoshop them because that's advanced technology is not a good to reason your point, to do it. Because I don't want to gloss over the, the racist because we also do the sexist one with Nancy Pelosi. Yep. Um, the majority of leadership within the Democratic Party nationally and otherwise are white men. I don't see them using those guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Chuck Schumer on one of those. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Chuck Schumer. No, They'll drop his name, but I've never seen his picture. Uh, reporting and stuff on that. that you know, It's a real thing. Harry Reid, uh, a few years ago, Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi would have been you know, those top you know, boogie, so-called boogeymen. Yeah. Harry Reid got a fraction, you know, in terms of advertising and stuff like that, a fraction mm-hmm. of people trying to tie him to, to Harry yeah. Reid. It was Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. It was Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And frankly, she knows that and she doesn't care because her answer to that is they don't I vote for me. I got, so if I the state of Arkansas the... really hates Nancy Pelosi, Nancy's going to go, that's sad. And she's going to go on about her business. I was posed so. the uh, I was posed the question the other day by uh, a family member that is uh, none too keen on Miss Pelosi. Which I'll be frank, I've she's never been my brand either. Mm-hmm. She's she's not for me. Um, but he said, "Do you know how she got her job?" And I was like, "She was democratically elected." Mm-hmm. And then they had another reason for how she got her job, and I was like, "Well, I don't understand. Did you know? Did that happen with the thirty thousand people that?" that voted mm-hmm. for her in an open right. election. <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about? I actually but just that's read, the type there's of a good biography on Miss Pelosi that I read um, that basically she was asked to run because she was a tremendous fundraiser for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Even in her, uh, so her father, there's a political history there. Her father was, um, you know, some... Uh, I believe he served in office, but he also was like a beat, you know, kind of a captain and stuff okay. like that. So she okay. learned to count votes through. She's much more uh, her father's daughter than she is the Pelosi name. I can see that. Now, some yeah. money, some money came along, you know, with the Pelosi name, but she was just an excellent fundraiser. And she fundraised and she fundraised and she fundraised out there in California for years and years. And finally, 
they asked her to run, and she did, and she won. So they did a good job. That's, at, that's we, why we talked about this a little bit. I think the Democratic National Convention, the digital one, which mm-hmm. by the way they just kicked the Republicans' tail. I think yeah, we were talking about as far as the digital platform, yeah. they nailed. They what figured it was, out the format, the better. production value. Uh, but they did a really good job with painting her story in the little, you know, the little thirty-second mm-hmm. elevator speech commercial type mm-hmm. thing. They actually, for 30 seconds, I liked Nancy Pelosi because mm-hmm. <laughs> right. they did such a good job. And then the commercial was over. I was like, oh, no, I remember. I don't yeah. actually really like her yeah. very much. She's, uh, well, she's a tremendous fundraiser. Well, and, the woman, was, and the woman can count a vote. Well, I was about to say. And she can dur- hold during, a caucus together. During the Obama And that's the reason that you can't depose her as much as people would try. They have not been able to depose her yet because you don't have anyone with this skill set. So when someone 30 years younger comes along who can do it, and it Just may be AOC. I mean, we'll maybe see. you can figure that out. But if you can get that kind of coalition together and, you know, herd cats yeah. the way Nancy Pelosi can. Yeah. You can knock her off in an instant, but until then, I think she's pretty much there until the people of California decides she shouldn't be. Yeah, and it looks like the Democrats are certainly going to keep their majority mm-hmm. in the House, so I don't think she'd go anywhere. But yeah, you you point to that, and I, and I mentioned it th- in the same conversation I had earlier. I said, no matter personal opinions over whether you like her brand or anything, she's effective. Mm-hmm. When Barack Obama was the president and he had key pieces of legislation that he wanted through the House, she whipped votes. Mm-hmm. She made it happen. She got it done. And um, that's what Speaker House is there for. And she held them together through the years that she was minority leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, their caucus was much more together in the minority than the majority was. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, as much as people tried to say it was time for her to leave and we needed a different person, you weren't going to do it because, again, the woman can count a vote. She knows Exactly, and she knows how to hold it against you. Great biography. Pelosi, saw it's called Pelosi. I believe the author's Molly Ball, a, a Washington Post reporter. I may could do... Great, great biography. I may could do audio book version I'm sure of that. you can. I enjoyed it very much. Okay. Uh, so speaking of California women who people are trying to run out of office... Oh, Diane. Let's segue. Um, in case you missed it, we've been spot on. Nothing really tremendous happened in the Amy Coney Barrett hearings um actually they a did a blank piece of paper you know made made news for yeah but that's just like 2020 meme stuff there yeah. really um, i've seen some funny ones where they're filling in the blank piece mm-hmm. of paper those mm-hmm. are entertaining because she was asked for those who didn't know she was asked what notes she was taking because she was doing um a very good job and obviously nominees typically bring talking points and things up there with yeah. them or take yeah. notes as they go along she held up a blank piece of paper so she was so, doing it all through her own personal knowledge she didn't feel the need for notes and that was uh, a little bit impressive before so. you move to uh, senator feinstein which is where you're headed um i will say the only real chink in the armor i saw from miss barrett in the entire time was from questioning from senator ben sass a republican mm-hmm. um, he was asking specifically about some uh, protections in uh, in our first amendment and there's there's five protections i believe and she named four of them and mm-hmm. couldn't remember the fifth and it felt like a little bit of weakness because, like, if you or I don't know the mm-hmm. five, that's one thing. But if you're about to be on the highest court in the land with a lifetime you appointment. You should probably fact check and see if that's the First Amendment right. might be something you have memorized yeah. at this point. We don't really need you, like, reading up on the Constitution at mm-hmm. this level. And it was it was a small moment. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, he he's voting in favor of her. So he right. really wasn't trying to, like, push And I don't it. think anyone believes that she had. She just, from memory, couldn't list the five right. off the top of her head. But it, yeah. it actually 
created this kind mm-hmm. of appearance of weakness for like three seconds. Which tells so. you how boring those theories boring. were. <laughs> that the fact that she couldn't name every all single from First heart. Amendment yeah. right yeah. after going through all the case law and different things that she had, right? Um, what are the five freedoms of the First Amendment? Speech, religion, press, assembly, Speech, press, religion, assembly. I don't know. What am I missing? Redress or protest. Okay. Um, why, why is there one amendment that has these five freedoms clustered? Why do they hang together? Um, I don't know what you're getting at on that one. You mean like what is the common denominator? Why five of them in the same amendment? Um, I don't know why, actually, as a historical matter, those were grouped. I'm sure there's a story that I don't know there about why those appeared in the First Amendment altogether rather than being split up in different amendments. I mean, assembly and protest and speech bear more relation to one another than necessarily free exercise, say. Um, But I think, you know, they are in the First Amendment, you know, and I think that that reflects that those were core values, um, that reflects that the states who ratified the Constitution, the original Constitution, on the understanding that a Bill of Rights would be added wanted protections like that to be included um, because they were really core to what the new Americans thought was going to be America. So... You know, we go along, we know how the outcome. Now, uh, Diane Feinstein, and she have a little bit of a history when she was appointed to her current seat. Uh, Senator Feinstein is the one that said the dogma lives loudly in you and really got a lot of um, pushback on, on that point, that it was unfair, it was not right, mm-hmm. you know, to to phrase something that way and that her faith didn't necessarily shouldn't have been used as a weapon against yep. her at you know at that time well because she has the freedom to that faith right and, and they thought protects. the democrats were going to go that route this time the democrats learned their lesson and chose not to yeah. and went the health care route so um so that's kind of the background of where miss feinstein is um she was absolutely going to be watched in how she approached this nominee because mm-hmm. they have a history together mm-hmm. so nothing really explosive happens. Um, I believe at one point she even compliments Amy Coney Barrett, you know, on, um, you know, on how well uh, she articulated uh, some answer to a question. So it's over. Um, she thanks, because she's the highest ranking uh, Democrat on the Judiciary mm-hmm. Committee. She thanks uh, our pal, Lindsey Graham, <laughs> For, America's favorite senator. Uh, you know, how the hearings have been conducted, because quite frankly, it could have gone off the rails like a Kavanaugh thing. It didn't. I guess she felt like the Democrats felt respected, you know, they didn't feel trampled upon or anything. Well, but let, let's, be, let's be clear about that. The Democrats took the Kavanaugh hearing off mm-hmm. the rails. They I did. mean, they, 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 you had, you they had three of them posturing to run for president, mm-hmm. just floating bull crab right. out there, uh, pretending that but they were given the environment, yeah. you know, she complimented him. She definitely complimented him that, you know, it had not been a more difficult exchange than it but was. But then after the compliment, what happened, Jennifer? Well, he thanks her because, again, context. Yeah. We believe these people are mortal enemies because that's how, you know, that's how they are portrayed. Right. But... They've been in the Senate together. Mm-hmm. They know each other. Mm-hmm. These are not strangers. These are well, not. And Senator Jones even said in this room when we had him last year 
it's nothing like what you're seeing in the news cycle. Mm-hmm. We all leave the chamber, and we may even right. be heated in the chamber. And we go eat lunch together. He mm-hmm. said there's not like a division in the room. There's not mm-hmm. Republicans over here, Democrats over here. We're all sitting together. We're all eating lunch. We're colleagues. Right. And he said it very much feels that way even now mm-hmm. with what we see. Uh, we get to see the worst of it. He said it still feels that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're colleagues. They so work together. these two people hug, very quick hug. The bigger problem with the hug is that neither one of them are wearing a mask at the time. Let's, that's so my issue, honestly. That's the problem with the hug, <laughs> yeah. if there's a problem. Um, but what happens is Diane Feinstein, curiously not so much Lindsey Graham, he did go on uh, Fox News. Yeah. I heard a, uh, where he was asked about he's it on, rallying the base on right Fox now. News. He's like an everyday. Uh, he was specifically asked, though, about uh, the Democrats' mm-hmm. um, reaction to Dianne Feinstein. And, and he turned it into a vote for me because these crazy Democrats, this is what which, they're going to do. Which has actually become a daily segment on mm-hmm. Fox News as Lindsey right. Graham almost crying, asking Democrats. you to vote for him mm-hmm. and give him money. <laughs> um, so he got asked about it, navigated it pretty well, turned it into a campaign plug. But she took a lot of heat over it. Um, and, I can understand and, that. And yeah. digging into it, the Democratic Party out there in California actually endorsed her opponent when she ran oh. for the Senate in 2018. So they believe that Dianne Feinstein is done with stay her. up with California. Yeah. Okay. They're a progressive place, a progressive people, progressive politician. Uh, Dianne Feinstein, she's been there since, I believe, the early 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, she, well, she tries for the most part to not rock the boat to kind of, you know, work with people. Now she will spout off at the mouth, obviously, in the aforementioned Amy Coney Barrett. It's not that she's not capable of it, but she's not, she's not, you know, in your face all the time type of a thing. She is kind of your old school Democrat. Um, I won't say she's a moderate, although they'll call her a moderate. Moderate by California someone ba- Yeah, someone yeah. basically says she was a public. Now, by Alabama standards, she's a crazy-eyed liberal, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, but they, Don't be mistaken. a lot of times they label In California, that, so. she was accused in, in an article. She, they, the Democratic Party basically said she's a Republican. Yeah. She's not a Republican. Yeah, no, That's a lie. No, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of backlash. The okay. fact that she hugged him because these people, this was a railroad job on, you know, the Senate confirmation hearing. Why are you saying nice things to Lindsey Graham? You're an apologist. Why are you hugging him? So, How dare you? I mean, you should have been, I guess, well, like certainly, putting a knife in the back. Why hug him? Certainly I've made my point that um, Lindsey Graham's not my favorite. Uh, my parents did raise me to say nice things to people, whether mm-hmm. you really like them or not. So I'm okay with the saying nice things. I'm right. with you. We're not really allowed to hug in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, mean, I, I right. haven't hugged my grandmother all year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the problem. I hug my grandmother every time I see her until mm-hmm. 2020 came, and now I don't hug her because yeah. I fear for her life, and I want to you know, do my mm-hmm. little part to protect it. Um, and when the fact of so many senators having COVID kind of became a yeah. thing. Some of them know. in the room. But oddly enough, that wasn't what got traction. It wasn't what got traction. It was, it, it was the hug. fact that Diane Feinstein didn't use that opportunity to just completely You're a mean guy, blast the Lindsay nominee Graham. to blast Lindsey yeah. Graham. You know that she wasn't. Where does that get enough. us? I actually I tip my cap for any type of move towards the middle by mm-hmm. any party right now. We well, we need know it where more, it's going to. We need get it more than ever. Them, as we've discussed, it's not going to get them a single vote they didn't already have no. by. It was already. It's already by done. Raising Cain. It's already done. It may be a cathartic situation, yeah. but. They chose, she just chose not to expand. Now, she said she's not going to vote for the nominee. Right. You know, so it's not like she's going to vote to confirm Well, they're not her, getting a single Democrat. But she also 
didn't use this as, you know, a attack on the Republicans or this nominee in particular, and that was apparently her downfall. I really feel like the headline in the papers were, um, you know, two United States senators hug one another without mask on. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's the, the 2020 got. story. It's not the one But they we went got. the other one. Okay. So, All right. um... All right, Diane, good luck. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess she born in 18, so she's up again in uh, 24. Mm-hmm. So what, are they going to run Gavin Newsom against her, I guess? I guess so. They're really, He'll probably beat her. They're, they're really like trying hard. Um, and, you know, she's, um, I believe that is a symptom of the party, especially the California right. party. Right. She probably is way too moderate what we yeah. would consider you know moderate for which i'm here for california at this time and i've, I've spoken to you many times so, before my favorite legislators are moderate mm-hmm. i need you i believe someone uh, ran against nancy pelosi uh, this year was it not or did was she it last eat their year? soul and then i don't believe this person got very far no she didn't murder them did she i don't think so okay I don't think so. I mean, we maybe, might need the woke button for that one. She's Italian. That makes us sound maybe, like we think Nancy's part of the mob. We might need a woke button. Maybe we stop asking questions about <laughs> yeah. that and we move on. No, I don't think the person won, though. Okay. okay. Um, I'd have to check into that, but uh, I, I don't think you're They're going to okay. depose Nancy Pelosi from her seat either. I think Even her, because... I think she's done when she says she's done, frankly. As liberal as the base may be, the establishment is still the establishment, yeah. and there's a long way to go to making the establishment as progressive well, as and I think you people get, may want to I think to you be. get a similar situation so. with the majority leader in Kentucky. I really don't think Mitch McConnell is very popular, and I don't think he walks mm-hmm. into a room in Kentucky and everybody's like, oh, yay, our Mitch favorite McConnell's son Mitch is here. here. Yeah. I think they're like, oh, he's, he's powerful. you right. know. He's risen the ranks. Let's just send him back because we like the powerful guy being from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think Nancy has a similar. Like when, you mm-hmm. know, when she walks in the room, they're like, you know, nice blowout. Mm-hmm. Um Is that a reference to her going to a hair salon a few weeks ago? It is. How how out of touch do you have to be? 2020. I'm telling you. Um, So on the presidential front, there was a town hall. A dueling. Dueling town halls because the two candidates didn't get to to debate. Uh, I guess we should be forthright with the listeners and say, I don't know what you did. I watched Maleficent on Disney Plus, <laughs> and I don't mind telling you that. What so day was that? I chose Thursday? not to watch because I didn't feel like it was going to, you know, inform my soul in any way. And quite frankly, Angelina Jolie did. So that's what I did while they were doing that. Um, but I saw the talking points afterwards. Savannah Guthrie was quite aggressive. She was more aggressive than anyone really expected her to be. Mm-hmm. Let me give high level overview because I did not um I did not watch either of these intently as we've kind of talked about. If they were head to head on the stage, I think playing back and forth, I've got something to watch. This is basically an hour long tell uh, me what commercial. you do. But I will say um I felt like the vice president got like a lot of softballs that were like, "Hey, because his moderator sat, was George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. But on top of that, the people that they had asking questions, they were mostly decided voters mm-hmm. for him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. They were like there to fluff wow. him. Saturday Night Live did a really good job making fun of that. Um, they they kept kind of saying the different level of like either super committed Biden voter or you know mostly committed Biden mm-hmm. voter. There were no undecided. Mm-hmm. It was you know they were his. So they kind of tossed him these things that helped him mm-hmm. start talking points that he wanted to. 
Whereas in the, the NBC one. The only thing he didn't one, handle well was the court packing situation. He, he still doesn't have around. an answer on that. And, and let's be real clear, because I'll clear it up for all of you out there. Joe Biden doesn't believe in it. And, and he's not he, he doesn't. He believes in the institutions. That's the kind of guy he is. Whatever you think his strength and his weakness are, he's like an institutionalist. But he has to get those people who are trying he has to, to cater, get Feinstein out of office. He has to cater to the far left who is for, for court packing, and he yeah. needs them to show up and be excited. So mm-hmm. he's trying to dodge it for as long as possible. My theory is, go ahead and tell the American people what you really believe, because those far left people are not going to show up and bubble Donald Trump's What's name. Their other As a option? matter of fact, they're going to come. They're going to come bubble whoever the one that can win that's not Donald Trump, mm-hmm. which is Joe Biden. You're going to win him anyway. Mm-hmm. I think they're misplaying this. I understand why they're doing it. I just think they've made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I think they just need to let him say what he really believes in, right. because I don't think that he believes in court packing. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Right. However, I will say. As it relates to the town hall in NBC, let's start with this. The setting was fantastic. Whoever the producers were for this thing, so they did it. It was in Miami, um, outside of an art gallery, and there's this nice. There's like a um, a bridge going over the water behind them, and then they have this. I don't know, almost like Greco-Roman columns around them. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mm-hmm. setting. I'm just like, this is this is top yes, shelf right here. I noticed here. that as well. They yeah. kicked the ABCs as far as the appearance. You know, mm-hmm. ABCs in a studio with all the flashing the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. or whatever we got behind them. This was, I mean, it was like sexy points to the max on mm-hmm. this thing. But uh, they were a little more combative. Uh, Savannah Guthrie actually kind of came out swinging. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I need to ask Savannah Guthrie who she's voting for for president. Right. Um, Which. I'm pretty confident. As I mentioned earlier, if I had told you which female journalist of a morning show, because she's yeah. still on the Today Show, yeah. right, yeah. would have you know been the most likely Ugh. to get in his face, I she probably wouldn't have chosen Savannah Guthrie. But so they they kind of went back happened. and forth, and then the, some of the questions I asked him really were the more uh, the more controversial things that mm-hmm. Mr. Trump says. Which let's be clear, he does that to himself because mm-hmm. he, he says one every day, so he's always right. putting them out there. Uh, but that's all they gave him. They didn't give him a softball of, uh, yep. hey, you've built X amount of new wall on the border. Mm-hmm. You know, the, th- the things that he feels like he's done. You've appointed like a bazillion judges to lifetime appointments. That's mm-hmm. something you promised your people. They didn't give him any of those. So I will say um, the Trump campaign didn't do a good job of like setting up who's going to be asking questions, what are you going to be asking me kind of mm-hmm. situation. Whereas I really feel like Biden just got tossed softballs on right. or maybe even wiffle balls. I'm not sure. Well, and you would imagine, though, that that should have been his time to shine because, as you saw in the first debate, that's where he wanted to take it. He wanted to take it in a more combative thing between him and Joe Biden. He did, yeah. So I don't think he's really the one who wants to just sit there and do, um, well, let's, let's, he's not a fireside chatter. Not his He's style. not going to yeah. talk to the country. Certainly not his He style. apparently is. Crazy Uncle POTUS. He is. That's so what he is. Savannah Guthrie even made a comment. Uh, right. He retweeted something, and it was literally like conspiracy theory garbage that he retweeted. Mm-hmm. She called him out on this, and he's like, look, it's a retweet. Um, that's not me tweeting it. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it out there and letting y'all decide. That's what he said. Which is not the truth. If you retweeted it, you're kind of saying, hey, everyone, right. look at this. People <laughs> have on their Twitter, and I'm not even Re- a Twitter person, but even I know, but yeah. they even put that in their little But if you thing. retweet it, you're making it a part of the conversation. You you're did. knowingly making it a part of the conversation. Just this week, you retweeted to your 87 million followers a conspiracy theory that Joe Biden orchestrated to have SEAL Team 6, the Navy SEAL Team 6, killed to cover up the, f- the fake death of bin Laden. Now, why would you send a lie like that to your followers? It, you I retweeted That was a retweet. That was a, an opinion of somebody, but, and that was a retweet. 
I'll put it out there. People can decide for themselves. I don't take a position. You're not like someone's crazy uncle who can just retweet whatever. That was a retweet, and I do a lot of retweets. And frankly, because the media is so fake and so corrupt, if I didn't have social media, I don't call it Twitter, I call it social media, I wouldn't be able to get the word out. And the word word is, is and you know what the word is? The word is very simple. We're building our country stronger and better than it's ever been before. If I see conspiracy theories, the only theory reason stuff, to retweet something is if you want to follow that with a tweet that says, "Well, this is ridiculous." Yeah, I mean it, it's crazy, but he does it, and then she literally says, "You know, you're you're the commander in chief. You're not somebody's crazy uncle," mm-hmm. uh, which was the line of the night. Uh, literally became the name uh, the of podcast an episode that on we, a podcast we yes. listened to. Um, Saturday Night Live played to that, and then Mary Trump, his actual niece, mm-hmm. uh, tweet of the year, mm-hmm. just tweeted actually mm-hmm. dot dot dot. She did. Um, hey, while we're on dot, 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 I know you had Sandra Drummond for uh, English at mm-hmm. Cordova High School yes. um, who prepared me beyond measure. I literally slept through freshman composition classes mm-hmm. in college was, because yeah, this woman rehash. had already done yeah. that times 10. Um, so ellipsis was something she deliberately covered because it's misused in um, in grammar quite mm-hmm. frequently. So. Uh, ellipsis is kind of the absence of information. It's you taking it out, but showing, hey, there's something that else mm-hmm. that belongs here. I'm taking it out to move on to the next mm-hmm. part. Uh, and it's always, it is always three dots. Mm-hmm. There's not four or five dots for emphasis. Mm-hmm. It's three dots mm-hmm. every time. Yep. For the love of God, people, um, it's three dots. Mm-hmm. There's only three dots. It's not two. It's not 17 it's three. Where's this coming from? It's all the time. Okay. I can't help but see how Just abused ellipsis is. Okay. People that I know and love and that even have pretty solid grammar most of the time, they'll mm-hmm. dot, 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 like there's extra emphasis to put more dots. Yeah. It's just wrong, folks. Yeah. Don't three do dots. Sorry, I'm doing my ellipsis And rant. that grammar moment was brought to you by, <laughs> by Left <laughs> on Red. <laughs> by Sandra Drummond. We should drop that in. Um, um, anyway, so... That's Crazy kind of all there's to be said. Yeah, I, I will say this. If we're going to try to paint like what happened. And they're actually going to apparently debate again, these two. Let's right? wait and see. We're a day by day around here. Yeah. Um, I will say that if uh, if one person maybe gained any middle vote or the suburban woman mm-hmm. they're trying to get, it had to be Biden that night. I felt like Mr. Trump even seemed like a little more unhinged than his normal brand. And uh, I don't think that was gaining you the middle. No. You know what I mean? As far as what this but looked like. But less so than the first debate. Certainly. Certainly. So, but boy, it's still... kind of... But what's your goal right now as a candidate and as a campaign? It's, it's trying to get more votes, right? Mm-hmm. The more votes are not your people. It's not the people that are already voting for you. Right. There's a lot of people that know they're going to vote for Joe Biden no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that know they're going to vote yeah. for Donald Trump no matter what happens. Quit talking to them. If anything, they're, so they're it made his supporters it. mad. My question would be if the the fact that you know, Biden kind of got the softballs and Savannah Guthrie really seemed to go after him. You know, if it made any people, our, our phantom middle of the road people who don't really know what they want to do, if it made them mad enough to say, as in 2016, you know, you, you laugh at people who, you know, don't have an education like me. Yep. And yeah. did it make them say, yeah, he really does get abused by the, by the establishment, by the media, yep. you know, did it make anyone say, I'm going to vote for that guy just because they treat him badly. Well, I've made the there com- might have been a little bit of that. I've made the comment quite a few times before. You know, as a white man, I don't really understand oppression because I've never really experienced it. 
Mr. Trump really plays the oppression banjo, mm-hmm. banjo a lot. Like, man, these people are so mean to me. They're mm-hmm. so all, they're mean. He's a rich white man. I mean, how 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 long can you play the please feel sorry sorry for me narrative? Mm-hmm. Like, life's just not hard for you, bud. Right. Well, I think he tries <laughs> to make the connection to they don't like me and they don't like you either. Uh, yeah, but he's he's probably a little too narcissistic to ever say that second sentence. Mm-hmm. And that's his problem is mm-hmm. that he doesn't really paint that but message like all the way. Yeah. yeah. That's how I they get take you. it. Um so that's kind of it in the poli- well no, it's not. So some Hunter Biden stuff happened. That's well, not hold on. all the political we'll stay, news. Stay with Mr. Trump because there are a few things I feel like I'm kind of beating up on him so I need to stop. But let's do um he literally made a comment of um if, and I'm not even paraphrasing. If you vote for Joe Biden, he's going to listen to the scientist. <gasps> was a sentence out of his mouth. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> what did I miss? I missed something there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't quite understand how that, like, that's bad. I think mm-hmm. he ended up there, and I'm taking out of context a little bit. He ended up talking a little more about um, he'll shut us all the way down and mm-hmm. it can't be broken because if you only listen to scientists, it'll be broken. If you vote for Biden... He will surrender your jobs to China. He will surrender your future to the virus. He's going to lock down. This guy wants to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists. If I listened totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of, we're like a rocket ship. Take a look at the numbers. And that's despite the fact that we have like five or six of these Democrats keeping their states closed because they're trying to hurt us on November 3rd. But the numbers are so good anyway. They'd be even better. I would like to make the counter-argument for communism real quick. Not that I'm advocating communism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, no joke. Look at China right now. So, China literally, they're the ones that cook this thing up by eating a bat or whatever the heck they did to get this thing cranking. Uh, they're like all the way open and their economy grew last quarter mm-hmm. because they're freaking communist. And when it hit, they just shut everybody down. And I'm talking, yeah. shut them down. We will shoot you with a rifle if you walk out of your house. As the communists do, I'm, kids. I'm not advocating for that, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. So I don't know that the argument of like, hey, what if we had actually, like in America, done our American version of like a legit 50 state shutdown for a month? Mm-hmm. I don't really know where we would have been, but it might be better than where we are. Right. Because this Joker's just ling- it's lingering forever, guys. It just keeps lingering. We're in a third peak right now. I don't know how many of you are paying attention, but um, and that was your commercial for communism, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know if I framed that very well. Um, <laughs> we really are, and a surprising number of uh, of our local leaders are getting uh, are getting the COVID. By the yeah. way, so yeah. it's a thing. Well, and I that's made the being comment kept under wraps. I but made the comment. It's too. not just a thing of older people and and whatever it's it's back to pretty much everybody again and well i'll tell you i made the comment early on in this is that in uh, the downfall of americans in moments like this is our freedoms um we the thing that makes us the greatest is also our greatest downfall here we love our freedoms so much and we fight for our free the tiniest freedoms so much is that we can't give them up for a little while yeah Yeah. personal freedom we don't believe in communal we we don't believe in giving them up to maybe protect the freedoms of of others around us i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's something we really struggle with we we're just clinging to ours so much that we can't Mm -hmm. see well how does this impact my 82 year old neighbor Mm -hmm. you know Um, why do i care and that's that's what hurts. And so, and I even made the, I don't know how many of y'all saw video. Or I'm talking early. I'm talking February, March of like in China. 
these jokers, you weren't leaving your house. Nope. And they were driving. If you remember, you remember the old mosquito truck in Cordova mm-hmm. back when we were kids? <laughs> no telling I what, remember it well. No yeah. telling what kind of carcinogens the that, they the were throwing The fact that we're still here is, I mean, yeah. God blessed yeah. because yeah. the amount but I remember of that truck, DDT or whatever a lot we, of people, we uh, breathed I know a lot of people was, remember those, but they had yeah. tankers. I'm not talking like the little F-250 that mm-hmm. we had rolling around. They've got tanker trucks just spraying Mm-hmm. They're driving down the road just spraying. It's a fog. They're just spraying mm-hmm. everything. They're spraying cars and sidewalks mm-hmm. and the outsides of buildings, mm-hmm. and they're doing this in all their urban centers while everyone's <laughs> locking their houses. <laughs> yeah. And now they're back out. Now, granted, I don't know that I'm willing to give you that to get that instant of, mm-hmm. a, of a result. I might be. Uh, I can play my PlayStation for a month, I guess, and stay yeah. at the house. But we can't do that, and we've done measured like, oh, well, let's do a little bit of it or something mm-hmm. similar to it, but. You know, if we're still interacting with people from outside our household, we're still giving it a host, and um, frankly, it's just going to keep spreading. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know the answer, but I certainly understand the problem. Yeah. So. It is. Anyway, uh, yeah, don't listen to scientists, or don't vote for Biden because he'll listen to scientists. Yeah. He will. Uh, and on his son, you had some things you wanted to mention, I believe. I just uh, <laughs> about some things broke on Hunter Biden, which. Ties into what we're just talking about. He didn't get a question about that. He didn't get a question well, about he didn't. the Hunter and, Biden stuff. Well, and the comment that I made to someone is, you know, he didn't get a question about a National Enquirer story either. Mm-hmm. Because at this point in time, it was the New York Post that covered it. Post. Uh, they pride themselves on being like border somewhere in the chasm between smut and real news. Mm-hmm. They live in this little middle ground. Mm-hmm. They've always been that. That's their brand. Yes. They're not the New York Times, who no. literally researches for four months before they print a sentence to make sure they got it right. Mm-hmm. They're not that kind of journalism. So who else picked it up? Well, no one until the other day when Breitbart picked it up, mm-hmm. which is also conservative. You're going to get one American News cover it. I think it's actually not vetted well enough for Fox News to even take it. I mean, mm-hmm. if that tells you what this is, it's just one-sided. But also, let me point out to all of you, all the, all the boys and girls at home, they talked about this six, eight, nine months ago. And what was the post story? Let's recap for people the overview of what really it claimed to show that uh, Hunter Biden set up a meeting with his father, then Vice President Biden, yeah. and the Ukrainian president. Right. Yes. That he was now whether or not this meeting ever happened is in some sort of dispute, or whether it happened because Hunter Biden made it happen well, is in dispute. Yes. But it, he seemed to be trading heavily on his father's that's right. name. That's the that's for the, sure. But let's be let's be clear, whether he directly did that or not. And Hunter Biden is the first person to ever all of the elites do this. Trade on his father. Why do you name? think Hunter Biden was in the situation he was in anyway? It's because of who his father was. Right. Whether his father did anything directly or not, they knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we hired his son, so maybe he'll be nice to mm-hmm. us. But one of the things they're really trying to tie to it is at that time, there was some type of prosecutor or something in the Ukraine that was let go. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to paint that there was this pressure from, from Joe Biden mm-hmm. to get rid of him because he was investigating Hunter Biden. Yes. To give everybody kind of like Which a... Which is why we got an impeachment. It, it's I where mean, the impeachment started from because yeah. this is the news that Mr. Trump was acting on in his phone calls mm-hmm. originally to, to attempt to get that yes. investigation so going. So this Hunter Biden's emails are the Hillary Clinton's emails yeah. of this We campaign. always do one yeah, every cycle. Yeah. There has to um, be some unearthed And emails. as I've learned with Hillary Clinton's emails... Even if Mr. Trump wins, we're going to keep talking about it because mm-hmm. why? I don't mm-hmm. know. But to give everybody kind of the Ukrainian politics in a nutshell, so Ukraine is they're unstable, and there is like sometimes we get a leader in that is a Western world leader, mm-hmm. like they're with us, and then the next time we'll get one that's like more of a Russian um, leader. 
Um, that's literally the infight that they always have. So this particular, the guy that got relieved of his duties, the investigator, the entire Western world was like, get rid of this boob. He, mm-hmm. he works for the Russian side. Yes. We, we want the Western one. So it wasn't like it was a targeted attack from Biden. It was like the entire Western world was like, we, we need to switch to the Western world one. And mm-hmm. they always do this. Like every election, they're just flipping back and forth. Right. So you need to understand a little bit about Ukrainian politics to get context on it. But there is no reputable news network that's picked it up. There's only actual just conservative and the controversy within the controversy is that facebook and twitter um yeah they're kind of messing this up stopped um that story from being um shared so it's strange because because now there is some allegations obviously that a lot of this is kind of russian um influence you know the story itself is is being put out there by the you know yeah basically by the russians yeah. um so there were whatever questions there were about it and facebook and twitter the day that it broke just if you tried to find it on your facebook or twitter feed i think it like blacked it out or something yeah. right you which is a strange it. play because i know like last time these platforms were certainly used and manipulated mm-hmm. to to post things that aren't true but i actually thought the approach twitter specifically was taking up until this point was really good even when the president tweeted something mm-hmm. specifically about like uh, COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. they had like a, a Twitter disclaimer: "Hey, mm-hmm. to read the latest facts on COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. click here. This is where the CDC mm-hmm. said this." And, this and Facebook has a little thing that's like a little box or something that appears below. Yeah, and it basically says, you know, this has been deemed, you know, partially or see, but I thought fake. Or why? Something why did like you that. change your approach? Mm-hmm. So now you got the Hunter Biden story out there it. that's you know it's contextualized. There's some opinion to it. There's some misinformation in it. Certainly, it's but it's it allowed meant the Lindsey Grams of the world to yeah. say why didn't you handle it the same way you've been handling you everything just else? Shut down the story. Yeah. To yeah. why? To protect, well, now, to protect Joe Biden. Now, That's also, why. let me be clear. These social media platforms, frankly, can do whatever they want to because they're for-profit businesses. And mm-hmm. if they want to not show any of your stuff, they can mm-hmm. because it's not like a freedom of speech is protected on Twitter type situation right. here. They could just delete your tweet if they wanted to because mm-hmm. it's their freaking platform. Yes. But I just felt like they should have been consistent. I thought they were doing well mm-hmm. leading up to this of just, hey, here's the, the story. The fact that they chose this story. Here's the story. Click it and read it if you want to. But, hey, man, this there might be some wrong stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And here, click this link to read about what might be wrong about this. Why didn't you just do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they misplayed strange. it. They misplayed it. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. So Hunter Biden factors into this election. Um not to me. Not not so much, but his name does keep coming up over and over again um, because of the impeachment and because of this now. But I don't think anybody's making their decision on Hunter Biden, but he's influencing it in the sense that it's one of the few areas where Joe Biden is kind of um, weak. He's kind of, it uh, is. you know, he's open to attack well, in that Well, but I'll tell you, there, there's no right way to answer it because the real version of this story is that powerful American man's son leverages his dad's mm-hmm. name for wealth. That Hunter Biden that's was in a position that he was not qualified yeah. to be yeah. in at all. That's true. And, and you can't really defend it. And that's why Joe Biden mm-hmm. is in an awkward spot because you can't say the truth. Yes. Hey, in America, well, you know, the, the powerful men get to help our kids mm-hmm. be wealthy. Mr. Trump's doing it right Which now. Which is why they were in. I mean, it, they're all they all do the impeachment it. thing. They were in the same spot between a rock and a hard place. They yeah. had to focus on what Trump said as opposed to the facts of Hunter Biden's situation because it was icky. Yeah, it's icky. Yeah, it's there's no right goes. answer. It's yeah. how it goes. Um, so there um, we are. That was once again the week that was. Um, maybe for next week's episode, um, 
if any of you out there want to do a uh, watch along yeah, with us, I have asked Drew to watch the documentary Mint, which is on Netflix. I watched it a few years ago and have wanted to rewatch it in terms of what's going on now. This is because yeah. of a uh, tweet that Mitt Romney put out last week, kind of um, just talking about our general state of things and how it just was quite disgraceful. I forget mm-hmm. what word he used, but mm-hmm. it was along the lines of things are just... Things are not as they should be. Yeah, so homework. Uh, watch that on. That's on Netflix. Watch that. It's on Netflix. And uh, just go check Mr. Romney's Twitter feed. He is like an official statement. Mm-hmm. And it's on nice our left on red Facebook page. Okay. I haven't mentioned that that's still out and, there. And but. I think the the even bigger. The, we're gonna. I mean, Mid is the centerpiece of it. But really, you're seeing um, the Republicans now. They don't really have a, the Republican senators. They don't have a use for Mr. Trump at this moment. They mm-hmm. really kind of feel like he's lame ducking it a little bit. And so they're starting to jump, you know, the rats wow. are jumping off the ship a little bit. And so we can talk a little more about a guy like uh, Ben Sass is, mm-hmm. is just murdering Well, and the documentary um, is about his run in 2008. Yeah. You know, where obviously he lost uh, the primary to John McCain and then his run in 2012 a little bit. We lost bit. the general to um, Mr. Obama. So, but it kind of sets the scene. So it's about the campaign and it's about how these two particular campaigns went, specifically in terms of his family. So this is not about Mitt's uh, stances on things, really. It's about following along with a campaign, in this case, both of his campaigns, and everything that goes along with it. And I wanted to to rewatch it because, um, and I already have partially, it's just a different time, and mm-hmm. these these elections just happened, you know, so few years ago. But the campaign, it almost feel an- it feels antiquated. It yeah. feels like you're watching something from like the fifties or the sixties. Yeah. You know, when you see them debating and you see him complaining about certain things that are not even things now because we've so far missed the mark on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. The main uh, reason that I enjoyed it the first time is I think it tells you a lot about candidates as we are presented them through the media and candidates as they are. Mm -hmm. So I had one view of Mitt Romney going into this documentary several years ago. And to be quite honest, it was a very one-dimensional view because I hadn't really taken very much of time to really dig into him. Coming out of it, it was like a light bulb moment of, oh, this is an actual person. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, with a family, and his mm-hmm. family plays prominently in it. And these were his core beliefs during that campaign mm-hmm. that I believe didn't come across to me, specifically in 2012. Um, the Obama people were apparently quite adept at changing the narrative on on some of that. But it just really, it, sh- it tells me how much it takes to be a candidate in this yeah. day and time. Like yeah. how much a toll it takes on you and on your family. And how the truth of your campaign can be so distorted by your opponent because that's kind of the name of the game. But at the end of the day, these are people with genuinely held beliefs, most of them, with real families um, who really hopefully are just trying to do the job for the right reasons. And I did come away from that believing that Mitt Romney was someone who 
he wanted to be president. He didn't have to be president. He wanted to be president for all the right reasons. And obviously he never got that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but just really did a complete about face in my mind from my impression of him from the 2012 campaign as it was presented and watching that documentary. Well, I'm actually so I excited, think it's an uh, interesting watch. I'm excited to watch it because I actually had a positive opinion of his candidacy in, in mm-hmm. 2012. I felt like Obama was probably the better candidate. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he won. Um, but I, I had a positive opinion I didn't have, of his I wouldn't say I had an overwhelmingly negative one personally, but I did kind of buy into the narrative that, um, so obviously he was a wealthy guy. Yeah. And I didn't very. see, you know, that anything to his, uh, that anything in his campaign really was going to change that for a lot of poor people in yeah, this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And again, that was the year of the 1% mm-hmm, and, you know, all the comments. Mm-hmm. And so the Obama team really tagged him with that. And Well, it's hard to escape it. You can't mm-hmm. all of a sudden not be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so that was right. kind of an enemy. But at, there's just some interesting, there's some interesting moments I'm curious, in, in yeah. the whole documentary. It's only about an hour and a half. I, you know, I enjoyed it the first time. I've been, I'm enjoying going through it the second time. Um, so we'll be talking about that a little bit next time, I believe. Also probably throw out some podcast recommendations. There's a lot of interesting political-based uh, podcasts that are coming out now, um, whether they be singular interviews, which I think is what you're listening to, or whole series, which is kind of what I'm I getting tip, into. That's how I kind of take them in. Except for Hacks mm-hmm. on Tap, I listen to it all the way mm-hmm. through. But all of my other podcasts, I listen to interviews that, that – intrigue me mm-hmm. and uh we, we'll talk about that there's next some week. good ones yeah. so that's what's coming up next week and of course anything else that goes on in the news that's unpredictable we, we can't yeah. anticipate that we're not even certain we'll but all be here that's next the plan yeah. that's the plan for what, what we're going to do so we will see you next week see you guys Left on Red is a DME Media Production. Copyright 2020, Daily Mountain Eagle.